You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site. Get all that you need here going into week two, coming out of week one, the fallout or early rankings across positions. I'll have my start sitcom, the decider up there for you shortly as well that you can check out at midweek. Here at Locked On Fantasy Football, it's time to take a close look at the waiver wire for week number two. And how we do it here, it's a pickup Tuesday. This is our first in-season edition. We first look at running backs, then we get into wide receivers, then we close the show looking at quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. So that'll be the breakdown every pickup Tuesday, your ultimate waiver wire advice here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll get into all the fun in a moment. I do have to make sure that you're checking out Locked on NFL Sunday. Looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth? Check out the Locked on NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football. Every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked on NFL on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. All right, we have no time to waste. Let's dive into the running back pick up targets here. The highest priority has to be Eli Mitchell, the rookie six-round pick. He started in the backfield behind Raheem Mostert ahead of Trey Sermon, the much-anticipated rookie from Ohio State. Uh, Mitchell, Louisiana product, uh, looked really good in the zone-blocking scheme. Kyle Shannon declared that he was the guy that just earned the backup job. And what happened? Raheem Mostert goes down with a knee injury. Mitchell promptly takes over the backfield with no Jeff Wilson Jr. and runs for 104 rushing yards in the game. And all of a sudden is where we want to put all our attention in with the 49ers and their backfield. Now, I would invest a good chunk of fab budget here, but keep in mind the 49ers are a little bit fickle with their... Backfield usage, we've seen it between Mostert and Wilson. We could certainly see it between Mitchell and Trey Sermon here developed between the two rookies. A hot hand approach, certain matchup approach. Uh, Shanahan is tricky, we know that. This was a trick immediately out of the get-go here, and it changes things with Mostert going down with yet another knee injury. So Mitchell, high target, good amount of fab. I wouldn't spend it all on him. There's going to be some other running backs that drop out that you can look at on the waiver wire later, but again, with that kind of uncertainty with the 49ers, just be a little bit careful there, but in terms of waiver wire priority, Mitchell is number one for sure in all league formats here going into week two. The next running back target is Mark Ingram. We were debating David Johnson versus Phil Lindsay. We had a curveball here with Mark Ingram leading the Texans' backfield. He had 26 carries, not very efficient, but still was a lead guy there. Workhorse emerging out of this committee all of a sudden. We told you, David Culley, the history there with Ingram and Baltimore, that was uh, playing favorites a little bit. Ingram, pretty reliable, we know that, for the Saints. Kind of interesting career for him as a first-round pick. Heisman winner. Hasn't been exactly the way we envisioned, but he's a good locker room leader. They like his presence out there on the field, just like Tyrod Taylor, quarterback, 
So that's why Ingram got a key role. Now the game script is not always going to be positive for the Texans. Keep that in mind. They're probably going to be trailing more games than not, which will help David Johnson as he's the better cast pass catcher of the three. Ingram's not bad in that area either. We know that uh, from his limited time with Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. He did have some of that role, but Johnson more the guy they'd look at as the wide receiver hybrid. So Ingram, always a good bet to get key carries, at least early in games, and also getting the looks there in the red zone to potentially get some touchdowns there. So Mark Ingram definitely needs to be rostered in all league formats at this point as the best solution as the Texans running back. Two young guys that we look at, uh, Tony Jones uh, there for the Saints, took over for Latavius Murray. Murray also a worthy pickup there behind Tyson Williams uh, as the new number two. He's now the Gus Edwards to Tyson Williams, uh, J.K. Dobbins there, while Tony Jones takes over as the Latavius Murray for Alvin Kamara. He looked really good, ran strong. This is going to be a run-heavy team for the Saints. We're going to see more of that developing, as we saw with the Packers game. Jones is clear number two. He's going to have some opportunities to have some standalone value. Ultimate handcuff for Alvin Kamara at this point, so Jones has to be rostered as well. As worst, someone that can be a league winner should Kamara go down, but Given his usage, could also have some flex value here, much like Murray behind uh, now Tyson Williams in Baltimore. We look at Kenneth Gainwell. I really like this kid from Memphis. We didn't know what his role was going to be with Miles Sanders. Sanders was the lead guy, but Gainwell jumped Boston Scott to be the change of pace there, did get a touchdown, was using the passing game. There are going to be some touches available. I still think it's going to be Sanders leading this backfield, but again, if something were to happen to Sanders, Gainwell would be the guy to have a big role here. So, really like Gainwell's skill set, and it's coming to fruition. Now, the Jets' backfield, not all that interesting. Eventually, I think it will go to Michael Carter there. The change of pace, uh, rookie back, he was the main receiving back. They didn't really run effectively with Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson, but for now, Coleman's a starter. He has experience in the system. Not a very good matchup here in Week 2 against the Patriots, but... Someone you just have to wait and see with the Jets' backfield. We can extract some value at some point. Coleman, early in the season, the guy you look at there, but eventually it'll go towards Carter. So maybe Coleman will have some better games and some right matchups. They're at least a little bit committed to the run here with Michael Floor to take pressure off Zach Wilson going forward. You look at Carlos Hyde. He was leading the Jaguars' backfield with uh, James Robinson, they're coming in second. Carlos Hyde has that history with Urban Meyer. So Hyde, definite handcuff that you want to look at for Robinson. I think it'll change a little bit. The Jaguars were lamenting the fact they didn't run the ball enough there in that game against the Texans, had opportunities. So that'll change. They do play the Browns. Uh, Hyde, uh, one of his former teams this week, tougher matchup. Robinson, I still think, is the guy, but Hyde is going to get some key touches. He does not going to go away from this offense anytime soon with the Urban Connection and their desire to be a better power running team. So Hyde, I don't know if he's going to have standalone. I think Hyde is kind of a thorn in the side here, but James Robinson, we'll see if that can be rectified at some point to help Robinson's value. For now, again, good backup for Robinson if you have him, and we'll see if they give him an expanded role, especially working near the goal line and have some uh, scoring possibilities there. We know Robinson is going to be the main receiving guy to replace Travis Etienne. The next... And final running back we're going to talk about is Larry Roundtree. Uh, he came on strong there, the Mizzou rookie. We've talked about Joshua Kelly and Caleb Lodge in this backfield behind Austin Eckler before. Justin Jackson has been the guy, but Roundtree, another rookie we're going to put on our radar here to have 
a potential big role to complement. Eckler is not a guy that you're going to give 20-plus touches per game, so Roundtree is going to get the complimentary work here in the power situation. So if you're also looking for Eckler's handcuff, I would say Roundtree would be the guy here over Justin Jackson at this point of the season. All right, we talked about the running backs here. We will get into the wide receivers in our next segment. We're back and better than ever. Our all our eyes are on the gridiron as the teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the prone college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. And the website or using mobile device to sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus. It's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, use that promo code NFL100 for that 100% welcome bonus when you sign up today. All right, we looked at the running backs there that you should target on the waiver wire here at Pickup Tuesday. Let's turn our attention to the wide receivers, and we'll start in Arizona, where Christian Kirk real looked really good as the number two to DeAndre Hopkins. They diversified this past game, added AJ Green. To complement Hopkins, you also have Rondell Moore. Christian Kirk has some wide receiver three appeal with his usage here and the way Kyler Murray is playing, throwing the ball downfield. Kirk flashed, you know, against the Cowboys and some other games last year. Couldn't sustain with his production, but I think he will be a bigger part of what they do. Having a Moore and Green certainly detracts the attention there from Hopkins, opens things up all over the field as they spread it around and throw it. We also think Murray is going to throw it quite a bit more and not to be as dependent on the runs. He's going to buy time with his feet to get the ball downfield, but not as much running, which should help a Kirk as well as they increase the passing volume. So Kirk has some nice wide receiver three appeal, the top target there that you should look at from wide receiver. Ronda Moore, you can look at more as a bench stash as a rookie. We're not quite sure how expanded his role is going to be, but half point PPR leagues, uh, flex uh, consideration and bench worthiness there for Ronda Moore. But Kirk is the guy I'm looking at for some wide receiver three help. Nelson Aguilar is another way you can go here this week. Good chemistry with Mac Jones. Stood out as the Patriots' best pass catcher overall. The two tight ends were there, Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. But Aguilar showed some good chemistry again with Mac Jones. Definitely separated himself from uh, Jacoby Myers. Myers was involved, and we didn't see much of Kendrick Bourne here. So Nelson Aguilar, another target there tied to his quarterback, Jalen Rieger as well. Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rieger have good chemistry. Keep in mind, Rieger was a first-round pick last year, just like Devonta Smith was in 2021. So they want to use this receiver. He's got special speed and quickness and field-stretching ability. Complimented Smith and Dallas Goddard really well. Good hookup there with Hurts. Same first names. All good stuff there for Rieger. So Kirk, most confident of the wide receiver threes, but Aguilar and Rieger have that value as well. As this next guy with... The Giants, Sterling Shepard, we saw Darius Slayton make a big play early for Daniel Jones, but Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay, hamstrung newcomers. Jones still trying to understand them. Shepard has been Mr. Reliable, lining up all over the field, making catches. He came through right away against the Broncos in that game. Good volume, good red zone presence, underrated big playability. Shepard also on the wide receiver three radar here. Now some stashes along with Rondell Moore that you can look at. Tim Patrick, we think about next man up there in Denver, Jerry Judy dealing with a high ankle sprain. Patrick did score there. Looked to have a good rapport with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, complimented Cortland Sutton. We know that Sutton is going to be limited 
with the knee injury and the Bridgewater not being able to get the ball downfield consistently. So Tim Patrick, again, a good target there. Zach Paschal, while T.Y. Hilton's out and Paris Campbell a little bit banged up. You look like the preferred target there for what we had with Carson Wentz. So that's what we look at with Zach Paschal. Low upside there in that Colts passing game. I really trust their running game a lot more with Jonathan Taylor at this point. But Pascal again, replacement. Looks like he's going to be the target early over Michael Pittman Jr. It's unfortunate. I think Pittman's got way more talent. But Pascal, reliable receiver that they look at all over the field here. And uh, still having trouble stretching the field with Wentz holding the ball too long in the pass protection. So looking at Zach Pascal as a deeper league stash, as well as Brian Edwards. Henry Ruggs III still should be rostered in all leagues here as the speedy deep threat for the Raiders, but Edwards really came on strong, made the key catches in fourth quarter and overtime for the Raiders in that upset against the Ravens. Good size, good catch radius, underrated speed, can get open. Hunter Renfro also had a big game, but Renfro is a bit hit or miss. I don't think he's going to be a staple part of their offense all the time. In the slot, to the game script, uh, they were constantly playing from behind. Renfro did have a nice, few nice plays, but Edwards is the most impressive Raiders all-around receiver in that game, and that's the guy I'm targeting for my bench. You could also look at K.J. Hamler in that Denver situation. He's a guy that can line up inside and outside, but Patrick, a little bit better chemistry early with Teddy Bridgewater. We're trying to figure out if anyone's going to step up as a complimentary number two to Stephon Diggs. We know that... Uh, Cole Beasley working the slot well for the Bills. You have Emmanuel Sanders. But Gabriel Davis made a nice play there against the Steelers. He has the highest upside, I think, lining up outside away from Diggs. Terrace Marshall, a lot of mounts to feed there in Carolina, but he's another LSU product, a rookie here. We saw what uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase did. So he has a lot of talent there. Big slot guy that could uh, have some real big potential next year when Robbie Anderson's a free agent could replace him on the outside there we're going to watch out for that with Marshall but good at reuniting with Joe Brady here so Brady knows his skill set and how to use him here so we'll see it's still a distant uh, fourth there behind McCaffrey DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson Marshall certainly has the talent to look at at wide receivers in deeper leagues as well as Cedric Wilson we talked about handcuffs at wide receiver we saw Tim Patrick being one of those guys here well, Cedric Wilson is going to take over from Michael Gallup. He saw a ton of snaps there when Gallup was out against the Buccaneers. Gallup going on IR. He's going to miss at least three games here for the Cowboys. So Wilson's going to be out there catching passes from Dak Prescott, complimenting Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, so we can't totally ignore him here as some value. All right, so we looked at the running backs. We looked at the wide receivers. We'll get into our final three positions, quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses in our final segment. But I do have to remind you about Rock auto that this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models and now it's impossible for your chain local auto parts store to swap all the parts you need wire door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning wait why the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer choosing the only brand their rarest happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket save time and money when using rock auto why choose to spend 30 50 even 100 more of the same parts from a chain store or car dealership Example, you can get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump for $353 from a chainsaw, or you could save a lot of money and get it for only $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need at Rock Auto. Brake parts, tail lamps, more oil, and even new carpet. Go explore to their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked in there, how did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You'll find them at rockauto.com. 
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. You get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV getter Right now, get to DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, running backs down here on Pickup Tuesday. Wide receivers down on Pickup Tuesday. Time to look at quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. At quarterback, we're going to look at Jameis Winston. What a debut there as a starter for the Saints, replacing Drew Brees. Five touchdown passes. Not a lot of volume there, but looked very comfortable Distributing the ball, you had guys like Juwan Johnson and Chris Hogan score, as well as Alvin Kamara to help Winston put up those numbers there against the Packers. Looked very comfortable, looked very efficient. Looked a little bit Ryan Tannehill-y in a different way, where system, offensive line, having the support of the running game, open things up for him in the passing game, where you may not have the big 5,000-yard type volume, but you also want to have the interceptions, the big mistakes, maybe not the big plays, but... He's going to be efficient and useful in fantasy football, just like Drew Brees was really the past two years. He wasn't the elite QB we saw, but he still got the job done in many ways here for New Orleans. And James Winston's going to be that facilitator, and there's enough playmakers, enough pass protection there where Winston can be productive. Ben Roethlisberger did have a great game there against the Bills, but better matchup this weekend. So the Raiders, they're going to have to pass a little bit more. Their offensive line run blocking left a lot to be desired there against the Bills uh, didn't get Najee Harris going as well, but three talented receivers there. Now you saw Pat Freermuth, the tight end, get involved, along with Julius Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and uh, Chase Claypool. You also have James Washington. So they're going to have to open things up with the passing game at some point for the Roethlisberger and Steelers. Good matchup and good mini schedule ahead here for Ben Roethlisberger. Teddy Bridgewater, another guy you can look at, looked pretty good there. Comfortable in that Broncos offense. We know he's got some weapons there. Even without Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, he's going to have some guys to distribute to. Bridgewater is a streaming option that you look at in a lot of situations. Wouldn't invest highly in him, but not a bad backup to have in fantasy football. Justin Fields, at some point, his time is coming. Had a touchdown there as the change of pace quarterback for the Bears against the Rams in the opener behind Eddie Dalton. You know his time is coming. Definitely ahead of Trey Lance at this point, where I think they're content in San Francisco to use Trey Lance as a little bit of a gadget player with Jimmy Garoppolo playing well. Eddie Dalton didn't play well, so Fields is going to be out there soon. Two attack bowl, I just have limited interest in him. I don't know why he was drafted so high as a QB2. I know he had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown against the Patriots, but it's sloppy. You never know if you can trust him, and... That's what you have to be concerned about. Mac Jones looked like the better quarterback in that Patriots-Dolphins game. Just low upside passing game. you got Aguilar, the tight ends, to help with some value. But with Jones, you're looking at a 215-2 type ceiling. Same thing maybe with Tua Tagovola here. So that's why these guys are behind the others. While Winston has a pretty high ceiling, Roethlisberger can. Bridgewater more reliable backup. And Fields, high upside still, whenever he gets his turn to start. Let's turn our attention to tight ends, and Gerald Everett really stood out. Will Disley was involved, definitely, for Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, using the two tight end sets, carrying over with Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. Basically, you saw Disley as the new Higby here for Everett. Everett got in the end zone here. We saw Disley being used in other parts of the field, but the tight ends are going to be a factor here for the Seahawks behind DK Metcalf 
and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson dealing on fire. That always helps any of his past targets. So really after uh, Lockett and Metcalf, they're using the rookie D. Eskridge, more of his versatile cog. The next guys up in the pass game are Everett. Good red zone target for sure, and uh, good compliment to Disley and what he can do at tight end. Juwan Johnson, very touchdown-dependent player, but I think they'll use him in more ways. A hybrid to value. A little bit Marcus Colston, tight end, wide receiver, hybrid fantasy football value there. Juwan Johnson, so if you're really hurting a tight end, James Winston's going to make him potentially a new Cameron Brait, targeting him often in the end zone here, so that's good for Juwan. Uh, we've seen Eric Ebron retain high fantasy football value by being just a pure touchdown score tight end. Sometimes you look at that position that way, especially if you're investing a late pick or a waiver wire person to start in your lineup there at, at tight end. Cole Komet, pretty good volume there against the Rams. He'll become a more effective, but again, everything that's tied to Justin Fields being out there, I think he'll make all the targets. Al Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Komet more effective, but Andy Dalton, security blanket, looking to the tight end. Komet getting decent pass catching volume there, but right now we're looking at him as a half point or P- full point PPR option. A defense, you've got to look at the Cardinals. They look fantastic here. So they need to be managed in every league here to get the Vikings at home this week. Vikings have some issues on their offensive line. Kirk Cousins can't turn it over and make big mistakes. Chandler Jones, the Cardinals defense, should be in all leagues. Saints getting the Panthers here this week. Saints defense looked terrific. Made a lot of plays. The Packers disappointed against the Saints in that matchup for sure. Every way around, but... Get the Lions this week at home on Monday night. Lambeau, good uh, emotional night game situation to help that Packers defense. They're going to be looking to make amends and make some big plays against Jared Goff, who threw a pick six to the 49ers in week one. And the Bears uh, getting a matchup here. The Bengals, some sacks are going to be available against Joe Burrow this week. So those are the four targets. You can look at the waiver wire that should be available readily that you can help uh, your team there in your starting lineup if you're playing the streaming defense game. And we also gave you good streaming quarterback options in this final segment. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Events podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Locked of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. It's been a great pickup Tuesday here, getting through all the waiver wire options for you. Don't forget, we'll do a double dose of matchups for you, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, breaking down all the games of week two, previewing them from a fantasy football and gambling perspective in depth. So we'll have that show for you tomorrow there on Wednesday. This has been Tuesday's edition, Pickup Tuesday of Lockdown Fantasy Football. Have a great day. Good luck in your waiver wire claims, and we'll catch you tomorrow.